You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Kan Bayazit. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 74 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. And today, we've got a special a special occasion on our hands here. I am, of course, your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City, as always. But with me are two co-hosts. One in the name of the Akman, Evran Akman. Uh, from uh, Canton, New York, is it, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, that's where I go to school. Canton, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, right. Uh, oh, yeah, you're not there. That's right. You're home, home for <laughs> yeah. the holidays. Uh, but so, my other co-host today is, of course, everyone will recognize him, Khan Bayazid, in from Belgium. How you doing, sir? Hashtag at the Atman needs to change his hashtag. No, it's, 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 his handle, his handle, the, the Ackman, huh? The Ackman, or, or just Evron. <laughs> he needs to change that that BGK fan, 12-year-old handle thing he's got going on. So people t- tweet him and tell him, you know, we've been trying to pepper it into him for like a couple of weeks um, now. And he needs to change that so up, but uh, he's, worried yeah. his, he's worried some people may read his uh, obscure, his obscene tweets. Is, yeah, this, this, scared, this yeah. wild man, this wild man on the tweets over here. He's afraid we're all gonna uh, know who is responsible for them. Anyway, today, of course, we have a we have a special episode on a few fronts. Uh, it's great that the three of us are together again, together again. Uh, but also, we have big news. Uh, we have a new coach who's in place. Uh, the season's over, which we're gonna review, and we're gonna review it in spectacular fashion as we do uh, and of course there's other news as well we have it's the trans as the summer approaches the transfer window does as well and so of course already there's news there so well, the uh, first official transfer of the window has already been announced yeah quote unquote we'll throw it in uh, but um so yeah big stuff uh, all around uh but so let me hand it off to you guys because th- this intro is long-winded as it is. Uh, what do you guys say? Season's over, right? What do you What are your thoughts on that? How do thank, you guys feel about that? Thank God. <laughs> thank God. Oh wow. Yeah. We're We're, we're losing our secular approach. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. You know, I, it's an expression. Obviously, uh, not, yeah, not, uh, <laughs> not a very religious man, but thank God that it's over. I think we have some diversity on there. Anyway, let's not get into that. Everyone, how do you feel about the season being done? Um, you know, at December I thought it was over, and then they they managed to get my hopes up again, and then um, make me feel sad again. So I guess to make me feel <laughs> really depressed and that the season ended twice shows how bad the season was. Yeah, roller yeah. coaster, you know, as only uh, as only Bishitish can with our emotions. 
The expression adding insult to injury uh, rarely applies quite so literally as it did for everyone this year. But it, uh, it, it gives some hope for next season, though. I think that's the positive. I mean, if we would have continued the season on, on the downward trajectory where we were going on, uh, you know, in, in, in like December or whatever, um, then I, I think our our for, forecast for this season would have been a lot grimmer even yeah, with yeah. the new coach and all that stuff. But uh, I think the fact that, that Leitch rose up to the occasion and really established himself as, as a leader of the team and, um, uh, you know, performing at a high level, uh, having tremendous stats for a first season. Um, I think that's going to give a lot of people hope because he's young, uh, yeah. still but relatively young. And, and you know, he's, he's prime we, years, we, yeah. yeah, it's prime years and we're going to get to enjoy those, hopefully, uh, unless we flip him for 20 million to Zenit, of course. Um, but, <laughs> whoa, uh, whoa. but no, there's, there's just stuff, you know, there's, there's some positive takeaways from the season. I think the, the most positive takeaway is that Shinel Ganesh is finally gone. <laughs> and, uh, and now <laughs> we can support. Now we can to the, the Turkish national team. I really hope he's going to do great things there. And uh, you know, Turkey are about to play uh, France uh, on on tomorrow, and uh, then I think on what is it Tuesday against Iceland. So two mm -hmm. crucial games for Turkey for Shinol Güneş, and hopefully his his next uh, endeavor is is going to be as successful as the first two seasons at Besiktas. But I'm glad he's gone for now because I you know every. Fairy tale comes to an end, uh, and unfortunately, uh, this was a prolonged ending. Yeah, indeed, <laughs> it dragged a bit. Yeah. But, well, and uh, so what about you, Evron? What do you like? Uh, fill out your thoughts a little bit about the whole thing. I mean, how do you? Let me, let me, let me move this along a little bit just to keep it uh, more interesting for our listeners. But what are your thoughts on the on Chanel Ganesh being gone specifically, and then? Beyond that, like, what do you think this season and I suppose even the season before have done to his legacy all around as, you know, a best I mean, figure? Oh, yeah, obviously his legacy was not helped at all by the season. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure if anyone really would have done way better. Like, I'm not sure if we would have been as, if there's any scenario where we're as good as last year based on we started with Wagner Love yeah. and Negredo and all those guys. No, no offense, Negredo was decent, but he wasn't uh, a Burak or Demba level player. For no, us. well, if we had kept Negredo, I think we could have definitely gotten more points in the first half yeah, of the season. But for sure, yeah, I think the, 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 love. <laughs> the breaking point was probably not just giving Wagner love to Galtry on the deadline day and then taking Burak because Burak was in Istanbul to sign with us. We were about to sell Wagner love to Galtry, but they wanted him for free. And for some reason we demanded like one and a half million and they said no. And, and that broke down both deals, which was absolutely, you know, in hindsight, that was absolute. Um, <laughs> our part. We could have had Burak at the start of the season. Imagine that, uh, how different yeah. things would have been. But um, yeah, the season sucked. I think that's that's the way to put it. Uh, Shell did okay at times and not so good at other times. Nah. Um, it, it was just I think he got a little unlucky in certain parts, but he really just for the second year in a row he screwed us over in the first half of the season. So. But but where did he do well in your opinion? This season? Yeah, like at what point? Because I don't see anything in the second half of the season as as being his doing. I think that's all Burak and Leitch. Well, I didn't think he did. I said like I think it was a couple times he got unlucky. 
Uh, I think overall, just like just the momentum of the season yeah. changed naturally, but, and then the results that we probably but, deserved but that, came in. But but at any point where it, it came down to more than just individual quality of Elijah or Burak, uh, when it came down to now we need a coach to you know yeah. tactically prepare for a match or whatever to make a brave decision he every time he you know he didn't come true i mean look at the gold strike game that was like the ultimate example i thought of, he got a little unlucky in that game as oh, i said on this podcast, yeah but. okay the ref was was it was shit but you start that game with Najib who hasn't started <laughs> like 10 games and you uh that was a brave decision right <laughs> brave decision yeah <laughs> right. we're we're using words with Multiple meetings here. I think we're <laughs> our fans won't trust us if we keep doing this. Yeah, you know, that takes a, that takes a lot of uh, you know. Like, I would, to put I would, the worst player on the team in the starting eleven in the biggest match of the season. For like I the would, first I would time. love to hear his rationale for that shit. <laughs> for the first time. Like, that was. I mean. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. So, see down your thoughts. <laughs> I have. Um, I would even say some. I I think I have less positive feelings about the whole thing. I even think, in a way, that little spurt at the end is kind of like what you'd call a false positive. In that, you know, um, obviously the results were positive, but like the the performances didn't necessarily back the results in most of those cases. I don't think the team was really mm-hmm. playing superbly in that yeah, stretch. When we scored like what six or seven goals, yeah, or somehow. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think that the positive thing was to take away is that offensively we were, we're more cohesive. Very no doubt, no doubt. And, and, we were more cohesive. Yeah. We were more effective. Um, but yeah, the reason I think maybe, it's also yeah, think a false it, positive is that it could lend itself to a, a form of complacency that I don't think should be there. A lot of the problems that mm-hmm. we had seen, you know. Three months ago, months ago, or so, last right? Uh, yeah, yeah, all all the way through until we were like calling for his head before the the big winning spurt, and then Mr. Pierce was on our tails about you know before all of that. <laughs> um, there's no doubt that the problems we were seeing exist. Like the the holes in the lineup st- are still there. Uh, a lot of the things have not quite been addressed. Even the things that have been addressed, let's say like. Burak Yilmaz as the striker. That's not a that's not a long term solution. You know, mm-hmm. that's not yeah. that's not really gonna fix our problems well, like two years from now or three. You know, those are not really Shenel's fault. No, so no, that's, of that's course more not. Of a, a board and everything. Yeah, although, of course, yeah. he's not in charge although of the transfer policy. Let's, whenever things go well, people are like, "Oh, that's Shenel's man. Like that's that's why he didn't succeed before." <laughs> you know. So like you can't really play it both ways entirely. Well, like, if that's Chenel wanted yeah, and he wanted them, I think you can put it that that you know not all transfers obviously, but that one in particular. You can't blame Chenel for the lack of a central midfielder. You know there there are other issues that you can't put on him, but or fullbacks or you know or all the injuries. But uh, the, the things that that can be put on him, I think you should. And so yeah. um, for me, this year is sad on that level, but then more so going back to the question that I had just asked you, Evron, and then Khan as well. I think uh, it's sad to see Shenel Ganesh's legacy be tarnished in the way that he tarnished it, honestly. Like, we can't, <clears throat> I don't think it's honest for us to say he didn't, <laughs> you know, like, 
He clearly, he clearly did enough. I mean, the last game. Uh, just that, just the Nedja thing. So. I mean, and let's not even, like, I don't want to dwell mm. on this too much. We're going to hand the mic over to a lot of our listeners and uh, you, got, you guys that in the audience and our, our, long, our frequent guests. You know, some of them come back to give their thoughts. Um, but so, you know, I don't want to go on too far, too, too long about this. But, I, you know, at, at the end of the day, Chanel Ganesh did a lot of great things for this club. And it's really, a, it's it's unfortunate that I think this is where we can maybe place it above him. It's unfortunate that it, they didn't kind of pull the plug earlier and recognize the situation for what yeah. it was. Had you left, like, after last That's season, last year, yeah. yeah, then then his, 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 you know, his legacy would be still... Fine. Yeah. Amazing. I, I think it's, I, I don't think his legacy is that tarnished. I just I just think that we he went he was there long enough for us to. I think it's actually a positive in in the in the sense that in five years we'll never bring him back. Either. We won't we won't be like oh, <laughs> you know we won't. We won't it's not gonna be like, like a Luchescu no, thing, right? Because with Luchescu no, he had short term success and then we left yeah. wanting more. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then. Exactly, and then he went on to Shakhtar and and, and had amazing but, years come, there, like twelve years. Honestly, last yeah. season after fourth place and the kind of collapse and all, like the yeah, I mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's, I, yeah, I but, think I think you could kind of still have had the best of both worlds. And if not, then then what about like in the winter, so that at least we had the second half of this season to start implementing new tactics. Yeah, oh, but I, w- I wish good to exactly. Yeah, what about that whole charade yeah, imagine- of having look look. As far as management goes, and I don't want to be too critical in general of them the way that a lot of people are because we do have to recognize the economic conditions that they've been working under and just the general state of things yeah. over there, man. Like, you know, whatever. I don't want to get too deep into it. But um, the things that we have to say, these like aborted half steps towards doing things, right? Like you bring in two assistant managers that you you kind of prop up as competing for the next man up, you know, because Ganesh is this sort of uh, the master, uh, you know, and these are the apprentices. And then you don't go with either of them. I think they, the fans made that, though. I don't yeah, think Milan was ever maybe. popped up know. as, as it, the next as a successor. Yeah, but Guti certainly was. He was, and, then, was. and then also Good look job. at this yeah, whole yeah, 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 Guti definitely. That's a bit of a debacle. I don't know how we really uh, break into that market. Well, no, if we don't why, why? I mean... Tagawa, I that's don't really not... know how we break into that market. Yeah, well, but okay, so well, that's we another do, we conversation. Won't. But you know, Chanel Ganesh, <laughs> Chanel Ganesh did well, not I mean, help for in example, that regard. We... we could both, we could all agree. And that, no, yeah, right. I don't know yeah, what that is. Like, basically. if that's him sabotaging, or if that's the management not being firm enough and saying straight up, like, "Yo, you have to get this guy to feel good about." It. Like, he's one of the more talented guys in the squad. Yeah, but and we like this, this season. Yeah, but. You don't. Sorry. I don't think you want the, your board yeah, to yeah, tell true. your but, coach. But bearing in mind that he is a lame duck, bearing in mind that he is on his way out, and bearing in mind that they should have let him go, because that's kind of you know, yeah. where we were talking about. You know, like I think yeah. if you're gonna keep him on, then you mm-hmm. have to say straight up, like, "Yo, I, the, the the conflict of interest here is that you're gonna be leaving, yeah. and we still have we're still living on past that." Yeah. You know, and so we have to plan around different yeah. parameters than you do. If you're focused on cementing your legacy. We're focused on having yeah. a team that's moving forward yep. in a positive direction, whatever that means. I, it's, it's an excellent point. We've known since 
January that he would be leaving at the end of the season. So while I, I think that uh, the board should almost under no circumstances tell the coach who he has to play um, with the knowledge that he was leaving at the end it's of the season, right? um, he... They, yeah, he should have given Kagawa more playing time for sure. And I think at the end of the season as well, between Leitch and Kagawa, we were seeing that there, there was chemistry there and it just needed some time to come out. And I think if he would have just... But that's what we saw with Leitch too. Like, it, it took exactly. him way too long to drop Leitch into the team. Yeah, and so many people. <laughs> you know, we, we, we yeah, have a list. I mean, we, the we've only, done it so many times. Yeah, I don't want to be Except redundant. for Burak, who he dropped in instantly because exactly. it's his boy. Uh, he did it to almost every single, single player. I mean... Uh, Quaresma almost had an entire season of of being yeah. East in. Um, yeah, I mean he's done it to yeah, almost. I everybody. mean the list that list is fairly long. Lens and whatever, but Negredo. Yeah, but the, I, but he did it too. Like for example, Gomez yeah. too. But then once like he tried he, it with Leayet, right? But then we like, or he actually tried it with Karius, but then Toga went down to an injury. Remember? Or maybe it was one of those like deer yeah. headlight injuries, oh. but. He did the Fabio. Yeah, come on. It's like, oh, yeah, the list is so long. But when, when he did it to Fabio, it was more yeah, understandable know, yeah, than yeah. with Carriers because oh. with Carriers, we were at a point where we knew definitively Tolga is never, ever, ever going to be our number one again. I, I knew that Tolga was the wrong man well before Fabio <laughs> came in. Yes, okay, we all knew that, but so, but he was still in denial. Um, but, I wanted Gunai instead. Uh, anybody. <laughs> no, but you know, Gunish was still very much in denial of that. For him, for him, Tolga was still his number one. And, and Boyko came in and he was like, he, he was kind of like, I don't need him. I don't want him. And Tolga is my guy. And then Fabri came and then it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to let these guys fight it out. But then when, at the point that Karius came, then even Chenel had given up on Tolga. But, but Fabri was excellent in preseason. I remember watching on those uh, like yeah. Periscope streams or whatever you're trying to find. He made some like absurd double save. I think that was the same time when Aras came in. He was killing it too. But Aras got hurt. Fabri never got hurt. He was killing it in preseason. I didn't even see the reason mm. to ease him in. And then but Tolga screwed us against Benfica when we tied that game. <laughs> yep. Speaking of long lists, the, the, yeah, we can list the... The Toga game. But that's the thing. We've seen. We've seen now. We we, we have yeah. definitively seen the positives of Shannon Gunesh and the negatives. Uh, there's plenty of both. I think every coach is gonna have those. Uh, one coach more than the other. But I think with Shannon Gunesh, you know, I think his major flaw is just simply his stubbornness. That's been his absolute yeah. major fall flaw and his ultimate downfall because. Yeah, because he could have stepped away too. He could have stepped away, and, and that's what I mean. That's but, the sad thing is like there could be so much less against him if he'd stepped down when it was appropriate, or if the club had let him go when it was appropriate. So you know, again, wherever you down, place that blame, yeah. But yeah, but the sad thing is that even despite all his ineptitudes, I think we could have still won the title in both these years. Yeah, of course, yeah. with the, even with the talent we had. Honestly, yeah, I mean, last season I put I, I put last season not winning the title. Well, you know, the 2017-18 season. To me, that that's on that's on channel like almost a hundred percent because you cannot say that he did not have the material 
for the entire season. Yeah. He had plenty of material for the entire season. Okay, you know what? Negredo is not is not Mario Gomez. He's not a, a Burak Yilmaz, but it was that was that was still plenty. You had Jink in the first half of the season, all that stuff, and and he he screwed with Negredo too, like with 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 not playing him almost in the first half of the season, and then in the second half of the season when Jink was gone, he's like, oh yeah, now I need him, so and I'm gonna play him now. But it was too late. He didn't, that he didn't put Negredo in against Bayern. I couldn't like he he put Wagner. Oh yeah, in right. Right, what the hell was that? And yeah. he played long balls to Wagner Love. I was yeah. so confused. Yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, last season, I think, was very much Senal Gunesh's fault because we had plenty of quality in that squad. This season, you can definitely make the argument that especially in the first half of the season, there was a lack of quality. Um, although I still think that we, that the 26 points is absolutely disastrous, abysmal, uh, shameful. Uh, I think Bishop should never, ever get less than 30 points in a season half. If you do, you've failed as a coach and as a team. Um but at the end of the day, I think this season there's you can there the the blame goes to Chanel for like a certain percentage, but there's also blame going on the board, a blame on, on on certain players and stuff like that. I think it's more divided. Oh yeah. But yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, he should have just left after last season. But I think we were all kind of in that state of look, he's given us two titles, this amazing Champions League run, which is uh, group stage wise the best run ever in history a Turkish club has ever done. And I think we were all kind of, look, let's give him one more season and hopefully he can get this train back on the on tracks. But unfortunately for him, there was like, I think he was kind of mentally checked out himself. I think that's something we saw a lot this season, that he was mentally checked out, that he knew that he was going to go and do something else. Um, but unfortunately, uh, there were also other factors, like, like you guys said. I mean, the striker situation was a problem. But then, again, his stubbornness with, with easing Leitch in and taking too long for... I, I remember Leitch's first game, I think, was like against Malatya Spor, which must have been like, what, match day, I don't know, three, four or something. Uh, I mean, uh, okay, he came in late too, but... And he came in and I was like, I think, I don't know. It was just, it's frustrating to see how he does that. I, I don't get it. You see Fatih Terim, he puts in a new player straight away if he needs him. Abdullah Avci puts in his new player straight away if he needs him. Like, why does Chanel insist on, on making a player wait for, for you know, five games before he can get a first start? That's ridiculous. Especially when you're limited on time like we were with Kagawa in the second half of the season. Uh, you know, yeah. Anyway. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's probably a good breaking point, I think our listeners our loyal listeners anyway have heard us rant all season long about Chenel's deficiencies and I don't you know we shouldn't do too much in the past there's so much to look forward to now and I think maybe we should steer the ship in that direction Khan you interviewed uh, Bruno Botaro uh, our friend from <laughs> TRT World uh, who did a phenomenal job of breaking down Abdulavji it sounded more Sounded more finished than it did Italian. Sorry, well, Bruno Botaro. I don't know. Yeah, well, well we, we do what we do. That was better. Um, but, uh, yeah, he did a good job of breaking down Abdul Avci as a coach, tactically, and all of yeah. that. Uh, but, anyway, since then, it's it's been confirmed. It is official that he yeah. has been named our coach. Now, mm-hmm. briefly, to sort of say a word or two, uh, he has, on the one hand, overachieved mightily with Bashak Shahir, formerly 
Istanbul Büyükşehir Belediyespor. But um, mm-hmm. he has been given a larger role via the national team, and uh, you know, results are. I don't know how definitive those results were. If I'm going to be honest, um, those were pretty bad. They were bad results, bad. Yeah, but, but they were but given they were the, bad before and they were bad after. Exactly, so it, it was a rough like, era. Well, I mean, it's been a rough era. In the in that campaign, we lost to Hungary and Romania, or yeah, we lost yeah, to whatever. Rough. And then Fatih Terim came in and almost turned it around through no yeah. tactics, but just, just sheer Terim. But that was also Terim gripping back to certain players and all that. Yeah, exactly. While I think Abdullah was kind of tasked with the transition exactly. of a generation and stuff <laughs> and like that. And this has been the problem for the last, I'd say, almost like 10 years has been these like spit stops and starts as far as uh, committing to moving to the next generation yeah. and then not being too happy with the results and then moving back, you know. And so it's been this kind of uh, stop and yeah. start traffic, if you will. But uh, anyway, but so yeah. it's official that Avji is confirmed. Uh, Botaro got me pretty excited about everything, honestly, uh, especially his capacity for maybe some forward-thinking modern football, which was exciting. Yeah. Uh, but so, Khan, let me hand it over to you first, because you interviewed Bruno, and I think uh, you have some fairly fleshed-out thoughts on the guy. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, if you haven't listened to that episode, you have to go and listen to it. Uh, it's a great uh interview i think just bruno running down the notes he took from when he interviewed abdullah afchi uh like two years ago or something uh when he was mainly talking to him about chingis under and stuff like that but he he had a he's he's got some great insights on the man yeah, and sure. he's a he's a fan uh, he's, he's really a genuine fan of Abdullah Avci. He's, he's, he's a huge fan of Turkish football, obviously. For anyone who knows Bruno, you'll know that. Uh, but definitely go and check that out. I believe it's episode 72 or 73. So go and get that episode and check it out. Um, but for me personally, I mean, uh, for people who know and follow me, I'm a, they'll know that I'm, I've been very critical of Abdullah Avci over the years. Um, and the main reason for that is because I think that that he's overrated in the sense that people were making him out to be something a little. I you know let me let me get let get this out this first. I think Abdul Afchi is a great coach. However, I don't think just like with Channel Gunesh, like we've seen now, he's got his flaws. That's the thing I wanted to point out with my criticism. Like Abdullah Afchi has his flaws. Yeah. Uh, I think one of his ma- main flaws has simply been the fact that he has thus far uh, cracked under Very pressure. Much, yeah. And uh, his European yeah. track record would suggest as much. And I think you probably have something to say about that. Mm, yeah. Uh, but also, obviously, no, I the, think the, the, Europe- the title runs that have absolutely fallen apart yeah. and fallen off the rails. I, I think that's in in Europe, the reason that Bashakshir have not really done as well as 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 we could they could have is simply because they have prioritized the league and uh, once they got knocked out of the Champions League qualifiers, in which they did brilliantly um, over two le- you know over two legs against Bruges, they did really well, and then uh, over two legs against Sevilla, they did really well and almost knocked Sevilla out of the the qualifiers. But uh, just like we did against Arsenal, just couldn't get the job done in the end. But but played two very deserving matches against a very big side in Europe, uh, which Sevilla is. I mean. At the end of the day, they won what the Europa League like five, six times. Uh, so it's a huge side when it comes to the European competitions. Uh, maybe, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not the biggest club in Spain, but European 
you know, if you win if you win five Europa leagues in like ten years or whatever it yeah, is, you're, not small you're a big club. Yeah, you're in definitely Europe. beating big yeah. teams from England and Germany and. Yeah, and you know what you're doing when it comes to European competitions. They had some good players also. For sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so, I mean, when it comes to European football, I think that, you know, the, the thing I really like about Adula Avci is the fact that he prepares so well for every each opponent and he analyzes every each opponent, which Sean Gunesh no has way. so often had the no feeling way. that he did not. Yeah. There's no way. That's, like, that's one of those main, my main gripes with, with Gunesh is I, like, I did not have the feeling he did that. I, I think he did it for Porto. I think he did it for Leipzig. I think he did it for Monaco. I think he analyzed those opponents really well. I think he did it for Napoli. Don't think he did it for Benfica, honestly, no. because in both those games he got completely tactically. Well, the first game actually in Benfica, I thought we played pretty well, but then in the second game, the three-three, we just got lucky. Like how Fenerbahce got lucky uh, against us this season. Just like you know, you're in a lost situation and you're just gonna you know give it your all, and then somehow you know you manage to pull it off. Oh, but let's be Carlo. Yeah. yeah, but let's let's just be honest. I mean, Benfica completely obliterated us in that first half. Um, and I think that's yeah. The third goal, they hit the post four times. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, they were just they were making us their their honestly, and then somehow we were lucky that you know we got to halftime with just three 0 and we managed to turn it around. But I mean, if you look at the two games against Dinamo Kiev, like the first one at home, again, okay, all you know, obviously we should have had a penalty. Their goalkeeper should have had a red card because back then the double punishment rule wasn't yeah. in effect yet. So, well, at, of course, if you get that penalty and a red card, then it's over. But still, I mean, uh, it didn't feel like we were properly prepared for that game. We didn't feel like, like the game in Kiev, okay, stuff went against us again there. But, like, there have been matches where you could have told that he had a really good plan, like, like Napoli, I think he had a good plan. Uh, still had plenty of luck involved, obviously. Um, but you need some of that, of course. But sometimes you could see with Gunesh that he had a good plan prepared. But more often than not, I really had the feeling that he was just like, you know what, we're the better team here. Um, I'm, you know, we're just gonna play our football, and and you know, to an extent, that's something that I think Abdullah Afshi is gonna have to do too. To an extent that he needs to put his mark, and and Bishtis needs to play a certain brand of football. But that doesn't mean you can't analyze and exploit the weaknesses of your opponents. Yeah, tweak you know? the play style, not completely change. Yeah, everything. yeah, exactly. And that's that's my main gripe with Channel, and that's the main thing I love about Abdullah Avci. And I think that's something that we have never really had in a coach. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to that, and I just hope he gets the time to implement his his thing. And I I hope people uh, fans are going to be patient with him because I do think if we are going to be patient with him, if and if and if the board obviously you know get him the players he wants or the types of players he wants, maybe not necessarily the player he wants but a profile that fits what he wants um, I think if we give him the time I think we're gonna be very happy with this guy as well because this is Abdullah Afci is a, is, a, is, a, is a type of coach with a long-term vision yeah. so that's something I like as well because Chanel more often than not still always went for that short-term uh, fixed type of thing where he just wanted success and, and results now. Yeah. And maybe Abdullah Avci will crack under the pressure and, and, and be all like, you know, I'm a Bishikdash now, I have to get results now. But I hope he's going to work on that long-term plan because <laughs> at the end of the day, if, if we allow him to do that, I think we'll be better off. I mean, I, I think uh, this is a perfect segue uh, to the next chapter of our episode, uh, which is the transfer stuff. And, and, and this ties in fairly well to what we're talking about because, of course, as the new coach, 
gets to start putting his imprint onto the club, gets to start making selections and, and writing up lists for guys he wants and doesn't want. Uh, like one just very clear cut example of what you're talking about uh, and sort of go full circle with the point previously made about Kagawa. Of course, this could just mm -hmm. be rumor, but supposedly Abdullahji has, has made it fairly clear that he does want Kagawa back if it's possible. We'll talk a little bit about yeah. that possibility uh, and I'll probably have to hand that over to you, Khan. You're more uh, plugged in than I, just vis-a-vis -vis of like speaking Turkish. <laughs> but um, it 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 does speak to what we're talking about here. That obviously, like we've committed to Ljajic, we've got him. That's confirmed. We've already sort of spoken to that. But just his willingness to create a system with Ljajic, because obviously, if we're going to go for Kagawa, the the logic of that is we're going to be committing to him having a starting spot right he's not going to commit to it otherwise uh so it's it's it speaks know. to uh his desire to be creative and to and to work with guys and make a new system already that he'd be uh, inclined to keep kagawa whereas i don't know if channel would at all uh, given his proclivities yeah. to play but if you if you look at how he, how he used to play at, at Başakşehir and Büyük and Büyükşehir Belediye Istanbul back in the day i mean he he often went with doka uh, Mosoro, Vishcha. Uh, Vishcha has been there for a very long time. Doka was there for a long time. Mosoro has been there for a long time. And those were like three attacking players he often played with. So I think that uh, Abdullah is definitely the type of coach that could make that Laich, Moso uh, Laich and, 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 and Kagawa thing work. Or, or Laich and another, uh, you know, player that maybe predominantly plays in the center. But um, I could really see Kagawa fit into that Mosoro role at Besiktas. Uh, and, you know, I, obviously, I think we're, we all, uh, you and I in particular, would love to see Kagawa stay. Um, but we'll have to wait and see how that goes. But um, no, I, 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 you know, when it comes to transfers, first and foremost, I think we need to acknowledge the fact that how big that the light signing is going to be. Yeah. Uh, because he had such an amazing first season. Uh, I, I believe 32 official matches, 9 goals, 14 assists. So involved in 23 goals in just 32 games in his first season. That's massive. That's phenomenal. Um, that's, I mean, statistically, that's the best performance a number 10 has had at Besiktas uh, since... Talishka. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Talishka for sure. But I mean, you know, Talishka is not even a, what I would really call a ten. Well, and, uh, and what you're what, what you haven't year. even spoken to is the fact that this is off of his first year. Uh, traditionally, a player's first season with yeah. the team is one where he's settling in, where he's not going to be getting his best statistics. So that says mm -hmm. a lot in and of itself, honestly. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you took. I really take, uh, think that he kind of took a lot of responsibility as well. He kind of took like a leadership role on the pitch a little bit. Uh, just you know, he was he played like a big boy. Um, <laughs> or how should I? I don't In know, I don't know how to use the professional like him, uh, vernacular. Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean, him, 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 and Burak really took responsibility, and I think took a lot of pressure off of other players, allowing them to play better. Uh, Elijah was just that type of a player where 
as a teammate, I think you know you can give him the ball and he'll most more more often than not do something good with it. And I think having a player like that on your team is always uh, invaluable. I mean, I think Quaresma in the past was very much that type of player where to an extent where at some point players became over-reliant on him and just kept giving him the ball in under any circumstance and then it became too predictable. But that, that that's because of Quaresma's ability to do something with the ball too. Um, unfortunately, we haven't seen much of that in, in, in the last couple of months. But, uh, you know, I mean... I think with a, with a, with Leij playing in a central role, there's more possibilities there. He's, he's obviously in a different uh, at a different point in his career. So is is very much in his prime. He's the type of player we could be enjoying for five years or whatever uh, to come down the road. Um, whether he'll stay that long or not, that remains to be seen. But I think it's a massive signing. I mean, you and I spoke about this plenty, seen and about. How how big it would be for us to sign Light, sign a Carius, and and we we were praising the board in the beginning of the season for making that deal the way they did, and, and now you know having figured it out, six and a half million buying him straight out, uh, thirty installments to pay him, I which, don't know is, how that's possible. <laughs> which is also very positive stuff. because that means we're only gonna be deducting like a two million. Uh, transfer fee from our budget this season for Leitch, which is massive as well because it leaves more room for other transfers. And we need plenty of those because I think we can all agree that we really desperately need new wingers, uh, both on the left and on the right. We need fullbacks, both on the left and on the right. Uh, I think that we're definitely going to get it. More so on the left, but yeah. Uh, both sides, really, because both, I think, you know, Quaresma is not going to fit into that system. Well, I was talking about fullbacks because Adriano's gone. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, John yeah, yeah. is not exactly reliable. I think Gokhan is re- reliable. Gokhan's reliable. reliable. I think, and also, you know, what I could see is us getting a defensive midfielder and then Dorkan, who I thought did really well at right back early on when he was playing in that position because at some points he he it became clear that the Dorkan was just a very good player in the center of the pitch as well. Um, and, and, and I think then Chanel just didn't want to take him away from there anymore. But when he was playing right back, I thought he put in some phenomenal performances early on when he was uh, making, you know, his first couple of appearances. And uh, like he, he seems he seemed to really, I really like that about Dorokan is that he, when he gets into the offensive third, he doesn't feel like a fish out of water. He he doesn't do like, you know, when, when Atiba gets in those types of positions, he's like, he gets oh, like fl- flustered and stuff. Yeah. But Dorokan is like very natural, very calm, composed, um, and I really liked him in the right back position too. So that's something we could do if, if we don't really have the means, for example, to get a right back straight away. We could have Dorokan fill in there if we get, for example, a, a big name or well, not necessarily a big name, but like a really good defensive midfielder like a. Uh, Cabore or whatever, <laughs> you know the names we've been seeing floating around. Um, but uh, there's there's gonna be we have the skeleton of the team. I think it's just gonna be the question of which players are we gonna fill that out with, and how quick are those transfers gonna come? Because that's gonna be important too for Abdul Afchi because he's a very tactical coach who has certain expectations off of his players. So he's going to want to drill that in during the training camp, and I think more so than with Shinal Gunesh, it's gonna be extremely important to get those those new players in. Um, 
before the training camp, really. I think it's more important than ever. Yeah, obviously, with a new system coming in. I mean, so, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. What news is there that we can kind of concretely start to talk about that started to come in? Is there is there anything? I mean, so we have, we, Lyayich is official. Uh, we, we mentioned yeah. that Kagawa is potentially, in the, I mean, supposedly he wants to, to go to Spain. And so there's talk of us like waiting to see if there's any interest in Spain. And if not, he could potentially return. I don't know how definitive the, that is as far as it being true. You know, as for the veracity of it. I mean, there, it's being said that he's wanting to go to Spain for like it two years. Sense. And I mean, it's not worked out. So, um, you know, I could see us getting him back. But the question is, where are we going to invest more heavily? Because obviously Kagawa is the type of player that's going to weigh a little bit on the wage bill. Um, right. So we might have to bring in like a Japanese sponsor or something to to alleviate some of that financial pressure. But there's I mean, yeah, that could be mine. Remember, we have Mainichi. That could be there. Mm -hmm. That could be what they're there for. Uh, you know, I don't know. But we or have other a, one. a lot of rumors right now, but there's not really much concrete out there. I mean, if you want, I'll, I'll run down a list of names here that I have of players that we've been linked with. Can you can we do this positionally? So you were mentioning the need for guys on the wings and yeah. fullbacks. So first of all, who do we have on the wings that we're looking at? Uh, supposedly, we are looking at Genoa's Darko Lazovic, a 28-year-old going on 29th Serbian. Uh, kind of an international, I guess. Uh, he played today against Ukraine. Yeah, Off so he's known for his pace uh, and his he's you know very capable on the ball. But he's not like a trickster or anything like a Quaresma, but he's like very quick, uh, good crosser. Um, doesn't score too much, I think, from what I've seen. But I spoke to Sonia about him, you know, our, our beloved Sonia Niksevich. Uh, you she, hear at the beginning and, and end of every episode. And she, exactly. And she was actually very high on him. And then I spoke to my friend Nima as well, who is a, a reporter who covers the Serie A. Uh, he's an Inter fan. And he said, you know, actually, he's a, he's a, he's a good underrated player. Uh, so I think, you know, th that's the type of player I think we could go for. You know, obviously we'll be talking about uh, Edin, Edin Vizca, for example, as, as, you know, the ideal target for one of our wing positions. But uh, Basakshir won t 10 million euros for him. Uh, I, could, I could see us fork out a couple of million for sure. You know, maybe maybe, three or four, maybe, maybe five in three thousand installments. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe like five, max six. But the thing is, you have to keep in mind, Vishcha oh. is twenty nine already. Yeah, he's not, that's why. You know, I mean, he's 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 at this point, he's at the top of his form. He, I mean, if we get him now, I have absolutely no doubt that he's gonna perform. But yeah. do you want to invest like upwards of six million in a player that you're probably never going to be able to flip at a profit? Although to be fair, I said that about Jose Sosa too, and we flipped him for a, a, a pretty big profit at, at, at age 31 or something. So uh, or Tosic, yeah, there've been so, examples. Yeah, so never say never. We're we're pretty good at flipping old guys, but uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't think it's realistic to expect that we're going to fork out six, seven, eight, nine million for Edin Vizca. So then I think. It, a guy like Darko Lazovic becomes interesting because he's a free agent. Well, uh, we need more than one anyway, so yeah. one wouldn't necessarily preclude the other. Yeah. So in terms of, of wingers, uh, I don't really have anyone else here on the list. Well, Lokman, we saw that name come up. And I don't mean Lokman Gur, but Lokman from uh, Everton, I saw that name pop up. Lokman, uh, yeah. I think is how I say it, yeah. yeah. Lokman. 
you know, lok means garlic in Dutch, so it means garlic man in Dutch. <laughs> nice. But uh, we we saw his name pop up today. Murat Ozan mentioned him, but I don't know what's going on. If that's anything serious or not. I mean, I know he he was at, at Leipzig on loan. I think last season um, he played. Yeah, he played a lot this season for Everton in terms of coming on as a sub. I think he made like 20 plus appearances, but like only three starts or something in the league. Um, no goals this season, but that could be interesting for sure. He's a young player, uh, maybe a Henry Onyukuru effect that he had at Galtry, but I don't know. Uh, I prefer to for us to get like at least, you know, one winger, like that's going to be our guy, you know, so like I like the the Dakolazovic type of uh, rumors. Um, then in terms of, of, of fullbacks, uh, the, the main uh, name we've been seeing is Umut Merash from Bursaspor, uh, left back. Um, Recently so featured for the national side. Yeah, not someone I, I've been impressed with, uh, honestly. But I, you know, I have to make, I, obviously I'm, I'm watching a lot of these games, uh, you know, for, my job and also you know for, for, for football Turka, i'm watching these types of games like busaspor but what i always find with with, with defenders and, and mm -hmm. it's, it's less so with fullbacks than it is with central defenders but when you're when you want to have a, a definitive proper opinion on the defender you need to watch them really closely so when i'm watching busaspor i'm not paying very close attention to their left back right. i just remember in certain like one or two games where they were like you know they had to win basically but then got stuck at like a draw or whatever it was and i remember them what getting frustrated watching them attack and i remember thinking at some point when umut Merash was on the ball for a couple of times i was like oh my god this guy is so inept uh so that might have just been a moment uh you know like uh, that might have just been like an yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It's very difficult to judge, but I don't know if Evron, if you've paid a little bit more attention um, to him. You know, I had Bursa as a team for 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 our work last oh, year. Right. Yeah. So I had Aziz Beige to watch, and mm -hmm. he was very memorable. This year I didn't have Bursa, and I obviously saw him play, but he didn't leave an, an impression on me. Like yeah. I, I, I remember he was pretty quick. I kind of remember him like the the right back camera from last year i can't remember his name he was also turkish kind of like i think he was like a similar like mid-tier level player uh like good for, good for a bursa but not like necessarily yeah. good for a, a big three or big four team but i think as a backup option it could be plus um, um, how old um, yeah, he's like 23. He's, he'll be 24 next season. It's not like yeah. he's it's not like he's 20 or anything where you're like, oh yeah, he, he you know he could still grow. And I mean, you have to keep in mind he wasn't in, in, in second division last season. He was playing for Bolspor, so it's not like oh, he yeah, can't. Yeah, still... I think is the guy I was thinking of. Oh year. right, Baris Yeah, he's he like he was alright. But... He was good at Gaziantep, like, but he's like a Gaziantep level player, you know. Like he's the type of he's a decent defensive back, but offensively, man, uh, I don't know about Umut. I mean, he looked like from what I remember, he looked good on the ball. He looked quick and all that. But then when he came, he looked the... better on Turkey. To be fair, mm. when he played, obviously with higher caliber uh, teammates. Yeah, well, you might want to look at that. Regarding best yeah. more than, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, whatever. There are worse options. I just want to make sure we never see uh, Nejip on the back line. So that's why 
<laughs> no matter how kind of like mediocre the the guys we're looking at seem yeah. as fullback options or or even the central defender option who you have not mentioned yet but i won't say anything um I I, I, the, I always have that silver lining of like, well, at least we won't see Ned Jim. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not against getting guys like this and then trying them out, but you cannot get these types of guys and pay two million or, oh, yeah, or whatever. No way, yeah. You know, because the rumor is that, that we offered them one and a half plus a player Cross your fingers, Najib. Oh, please. And, uh, <laughs> and apparently they're asking for three, and and three is just absurd. That's a lot of money. Yes, yeah. absurd money. You can get a really decent player in Europe for that money. Yeah. I mean, not to take, put too much weight in it for off transfer market, which is not obviously not reliable, but they listed him at eight hundred thousand. Come so. on. No, yeah. I mean, I, I think one and a half million is a very fair offer for yeah. him. I mean, you look at what a club like Erzurumspor did, uh, and their results, I don't know if they were much better in the second half of the season. Of course, when you bring in a bunch of new guys, it's not necessarily going to lend itself to results immediately. But they kind of pillaged, they pillaged all these like Scandinavian countries for young talent. I'm sure yeah. paid a lot less than three million, like you're talking about for Umut. Opset, uh, or good friend Mo Rashid Mohamed. Yeah, yeah. They, they, did, they brought in that some interesting for, um, players. For Osmanlu. That works for them. They got India, right. like Glimter, Bodo Glimter, something like that, yeah. for like half a million. But uh, we've we've seen that in the past, though, in the early two thousands. I remember like uh, like Tete and stuff like that coming from from Scandinavian leagues. Who did he play for? I don't remember. But like, and and against Sherbali does it from time to time. Uh, you know, there's a lot of decent players that can be found in those leagues, but obviously it's. Sure. The, the the big problem is that usually when you get those like if you're bishop and you get players Konya from those does uh, is the team that does transfers like that yeah, yeah. like Chleb uh, I think did he go to Konya first or against Sherbali I don't remember against which Sherbali but they have like Adzia Hametovic uh, Jens Jonsson right 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 um, yeah but that's Skupic, that's, uh, Ikos, uh, that's that's his yeah, philosophy like that. but the thing is that usually when you get those types of players when they come in from Scandinavia they lead like a year or two to get used to the level and grow and and that doesn't work you know look at alexander alexander milosevic when we got him i'm i am wholly convinced that if he had gone to an, a konya spore he would have been one of the best defenders in the league right now but it's just going to bishitesh it's just such a step up and you see that even from when you when you look at guys like for example and by diagne gokhan unal uh who do Zafir Biriol, uh, Murat Hajolo, whatever, you know, all those types of players that went, Mehmet Topuz, you know, that went from mid-table teams in Turkey to the big, big three, big four. Yeah, you just see that there's a step up there and many players can't make it. Some players can, but they're like, an, they're exceptional, yeah. really. When, and that's, I mean, that's also why we often will get stuck with, with average players like an Ismail Koyubashi or something yeah. at left back. And especially with, with this looming return of the foreign limits. Yeah. We're gonna go it, back. We're gonna go back to that. We're gonna go back from the excellence of, of an Adriano to probably the Ismail Koybashes oh, of the world. That's that's um, the, that's the sad. And it's really it, it speaks to why you want to have an academy and some semblance of the ability to like develop guys in yeah. house, so you don't have to rely on Genshler mm -hmm. or whoever it is, you know, Gaziantep, yeah. whatever. Uh, so and that's why I hope they give Abdullah Avci plenty of of like. Rain at the club because he had a lot of control over the academy at Bashakshi here and 
I think it's very important that he gets involved there too. And if he does, then we may be tapping more from yeah. that. I mean, for example, a guy like Alpa Celebi, I hope he gets minutes yeah, this season sure. when, now that he's back from his injury. Yeah, yeah there's a few of them. Rilvan yeah. and uh, Oosan. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, why would you play... Uh, why would you get Atinj back, for example, if you can play Alpai? Exactly. Or why yeah. would you play Nejib at centre back if you ha- if you have yeah. Alpai? Or even Fatih you know, Axo, play- so he'll be back too. I think he's a little late for Fatih. Fatih is a one and a half season loan, oh, okay. so he'll be yeah. another season at Sivaspor, I believe. But he's also older, like he's what twenty two. Yeah, twenty three. I just mean better, something like he's that. better than bringing in some mid- yes. like maybe Lokman, for example. And- I think. Yeah, I think Fatih would yeah. be better than than Nijip at centre back. The Lokmas monster. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. We were at those names, right? So uh, there's not really another fullback on the list that I see here right now. Uh, Lokman Gur is one of those names He's, that you um, mentioned. Muldu, right? Is he on your list? Right. Oh, no. 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 Very good point. Him. Yeah. He's a right back uh, from Rapid Vienna. Uh, Scored today for U21. He's supposed to be pretty highly rated, that uh, that uh, Muldur fella. So I don't know. I'll, I'll definitely uh, ask around. Maybe Bernard Kastler can uh, give us some info on him. Also, what's the guy from uh, Last Linz? Uh, the defensive Duan, Erdogan? Duan. He's a defensive mid, yeah. yeah Duan, Duan Erdogan. Duan Erdogan. But I don't think that's a Bishtish player. I uh, know. I just isn't that's, it happen- that's, 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 uh, happening, though? I thought... That that's a that's a Mehmet Agun transfer for me. That's like a pointless thing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm um, not with you on that. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I am with you. I'm not so excited about that guy coming. He didn't show. I mean, me he's no. I don't think he played against us because yeah, I, I don't remember. He, him. I think he was injured at the time or something. I thought maybe I, I we know saw he's been, him. I know. He, yeah, we saw him because Danny interviewed him and uh, sent us an interview <laughs> for, for <laughs> national. Because he went to to Austria for to that match, and he actually uh, sat down with uh, with Duan and uh, interviewed him. Um, but you know, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm shooting the guy down now as not being Besiktas material without ever having ever seen him play a single minute. So I'm being an, an absolute ass there. But I don't know, you know, he's like 23 or something. It seems a little bit, but. If he's It'd gonna be a pull, big jump, it'd be a big jump. Yeah, but you know what? If you can get him in, you bring him in on like let's say a two-year deal, and you you, you give him like a low like a two three hundred thousand, or maybe four hundred thousand euro a year deal, where if you put he, he was on. I'm just looking right now. He was on loan in the second division of Austria this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. And so he had one goal and two assists. And I mean, he played all the minutes. Mm-hmm. I guess I mean it's a defensive mid, so I'm not sure how much he's supposed to score, but. It's not like he was destroying the second not, division of that, Austria. Yeah, but that's not what you're there to do uh, as a defensive yeah, midfielder. Yeah, it could be his role. You we know, should, maybe that he's not... We need yeah. to... Yeah. That's, a, that's a huge jump. Second division Austria to to Bishkas. That's like a four-level jump right there. You yeah, better... of course. That's like... But you have to keep in mind, we're going to be in Europe next season. We're going to be in the league. We're going to be in the Back cup. in the cup. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. You know, if if you bring him in at a very low wage and you don't have to pay a fee and stuff like that, I am okay with it. Keep in mind, we also still have Muhayer, Muhayer Oktay, who should be getting some time. He's more of a attack. Yeah, but he's more, more of a central. Yeah, he's offensive. Yeah, he's more offensive. He could be like. I think he's a like ten. Fun John at. at defensive mid but i don't think he has that work ethic he's also kind of a chubster let's <laughs> <laughs> hope he doesn't listen yes. let's hope he doesn't so listen I, mean, Hayer, I don't maybe he's a good player just genetic man Hayer, uh, everyone doesn't speak for me <laughs> if you're out there listening yeah no i mean i had to create his profile for, for fifa so i mean i gave him a pretty good rating he's good on the ball it's just 
He's pretty quick also, but he's I, not. I bet you, know, you made him stucky. He's Turkish, you know. Like he's late. He's a little lazy. Oh, look at you! This he's is who's responsible for those paper ratings, listeners. Do you hear this? Old Old Jay wasn't lazy. Jenk wasn't lazy. You know, these German yeah, Turks aren't good, though. He's good though. He's a number ten. He's Turkish. You know, you know what you're getting. They're 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 never yeah, hard technical. workers. Are we talking about Muhayyad? Yeah, he's a technical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. He's pretty I highly. He I mean, we'll see how if. How does that like a bigger team? Maybe his ego will be lessened because he's not the star of the show. But for the U twenty one national team, U nineteen national team, he's always you know the guy. Even yeah. when Abdul Kadir was there, he was still wearing number ten. Abdul, he was, he was the captain, but he was wearing number eight. And it just shows that you know he was the guy. Huh? So. Yeah, and he's highly rated too for for people who have followed the Turkish national uh, you know youth teams. Like they've <laughs> had good things to say about him, but obviously we haven't gotten the chance to see him because Shano. Shano doesn't. <laughs> he never yeah. really he never broke the uh, the Dusseldorf first team either. Which yeah, is a little I mean, surprising. He's pretty for young, though. When you're 19, yeah. Dusseldorf is not a, it's not a, like a small team or anything. Yeah. I mean, uh, and he was still 18 when he was with them, wasn't he? Didn't she, uh, 19 or I something? We got him I think when he was just turning 19. I think he turned 20 yeah. or oh. something. I don't yeah. know. Oh. He's my, he's my age group, so it's gonna be around 19. Um, but let's 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 see. So we have some other rumors. So basically, there was this really exciting rumor, which I got like, I. Uh, like the most exciting rumor I've heard in like years, Nejib to Denizli score. Oh, and, yeah. I was, and I was like, yes, do it, please. And then like, I, like they, 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 they shattered they my dreams today dream. because they made an official announcement that Nejib is going nowhere. And I'm like, that? Why? Just Gotta tie be... down the important assets, man. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, uh, yeah, Najib won't be going anywhere. Uh, another rumor is uh, Abdullah Avci wants Quaresma to stay. Oh, um, so, yeah, I bet everyone did a happy dance on the table for that one. I bet he's doing um, one right although, now. I bet he's doing another. I, I can't really imagine... I, I can't really imagine him wanting Quaresma, though. I mean, but... who wouldn't want Quaresma other than... Mourinho and everybody else. <laughs> yeah. he, he does not. He does. He simply doesn't Carl's fit hero. like the philosophy of Abdullahi at this point. I mean, he's, he's a system really coach. A he's not like I don't know what he would. Yeah, do. I feel like that's overplayed. I mean, I know someone said that he's more individual, but I mean, he had Robinho playing as a striker. Yeah, Arda Turan playing. He had Elia playing. Not he barely played Arda though. Well, he, he started for like five, six games in a row and lost his spot back yeah. there. He's not necessarily the most... Because Elliot was injured, I think. ...responsible for playing. They're not, you know, notorious, reliable players. They're more, uh, you he know... Didn't, he didn't really make Arda important, though. And Robinho, I mean... But Robinho played a that's lot. His, that's his striker. That's a little different than your, your than your winger that has to track back all, constantly. You don't expect your striker to constantly track back. Yeah, he didn't play back. Robinho on the wing, which, which is probably his normal position. Yeah. Kind yeah, of. He, he played him as a center forward, so or a striker, whatever. So I, I don't know what he wants um, to do with players like that. Honestly, if you think about it, I I could see Quaresma work in a, in a super sub role. Uh, well, I mean, we've said that, but then like the last couple of months, Quaresma has just been so sluggish and slow, and I I don't think that Quaresma can be a super sub. I think the Quaresma from the first half of the season, from last season, can definitely be an impactful super sub, but I don't know if we're going to see that Quaresma anymore. I think at this point, the best thing to do is just sell him. He's on a pretty 
high wage, uh, 2.1 or 2.3 million or something. Um, that's the type of money we could easily save and 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 and, and pump into um, a different player. Uh, and then you know, I think Quaresma still has value. I I really do. I really think that you can still get money for Quaresma. I think that I I know the I think the window in the MLS has closed, but I think there's like maybe Japan or or, or China or something. I don't know. There has to be a possibility. Quaresma can still get you some money, I think, on the transfer market. I'm not saying you can get $5 million for him anymore. I mean, obviously, he's like, what, 35 Six. years old? He's going to be 36, I think, yeah. for the next season. Yeah, he's going to be 36 in, in September. But I don't know, man. I think you can still get a little bit of money for him. Quaresma is is still a big name. He's he's an attractive player for, for those types of leagues where... You know, they want to get people to... I mean, look, in, in, in the States, they don't care about age. I don't know when the, the window opens again there, but mm-hmm. I think that's just a perfect destination for him. I've said that before, and I'm going to keep saying it. I think the MLS is perfect for Quaresma. I think it's perfect for us, too, because they'd be still willing to pay something if they're not sour on us because of the whole Laren thing, but they can have him, too, <laughs> for uh, all I care. I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't. Everyone, what is, does the MLS have transfer windows and stuff? Like, I don't they have like um, they. I think they have. It's not anything tied with the rest of the world. They do whatever yeah. the hell they want. Um, okay. But I, I know they have like a trade window where play, you can trade internally. But I'm not sure how the external transfers work. Well, I, I just remember that's for. Um, but they do have a window for that. Yeah, yeah, they have a window because for Pozzuolo they had like a certain date by which they had to sign him. Like if they would have signed him on the last date. That would have been like the, the the third match into the playoffs in Belgium or something. So there was talk of well maybe he'll stay until then, uh, but that ultimately didn't. Yeah, so it's happening. It's, there, it's during the off season. So their off season is February until May. So that's okay. their transfer window. Just mm. so, very bizarre. But 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 then how do they end up signing players from Europe in, in like the summer or something? Like, a, do they just they, sit on? Do they just sit they on their ass for a couple of months? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, think, I just think Quaresma could be perfect for that. But anyway, uh, and then there's also Adriano, who is apparently close to signing with Sao Paulo. But um, well, there's a secondary transfer window, actually. <laughs> I don't know what the hell this means. It's but so they have weird. Some bizarre rules. That's probably just for. Um, they just do whatever the hell players. they want. Yeah. MLS weird. doesn't make any sense. But anyway, Ad- Adriano is out of contract, and he left, and he's supposedly going to Sao Paulo. But Abdullah Afchies re- apparently requested like. Uh, uh, a meeting with him and he would have apparently met with 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 uh, Afchim. We don't know the outcome of that, but maybe Adriano will stay for another season. Uh, then obviously we already spoke about Shinji Kagawa. Mario Gomez supposedly wants to come back because his club Stuttgart relegated. Uh, but obviously we're in a position where we don't really need slash want a 34-year-old another striker. 34-year-old another 34-year-old striker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Uh, Dusko Tosic wants to come back. Um, that was like being pushed, like last week was being pushed, like that's, that's a done deal, blah, blah, blah. And I yeah, remember. You took a picture of the Lions, right? I, yeah. I, yeah, and I remember saying, look, guys, it doesn't make any sense because Tosic is the player that when we played Bishak Shear, that's the guy that 
Avci isolated and he put, you know, you know the football that, that he played with Bishakshir was putting pressure on everyone except for like the weak link so that the, the weak link would get the ball and he would have to start to build up from the back and who was that every time? Dusko Tosic. So you're not gonna tell me that Abdullah Avci wants Dusko Tosic in his team. I'm, I'm um, excuse me, Khan, I believe his official name on this podcast is Disco Sausage. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Dusko Sausage. No, obviously we, we love Dusko. I wouldn't mind getting him back if I'm honest. But then for free, for free, for free. Yeah, I mean uh, as as a backup, I wouldn't mind. But then you have to keep in mind the foreign limits, and uh, we don't know what's going to happen there yet. But we know it's coming at some point. Uh, do you really want, you know, a, a bench? It would be lazy, to be honest, to get Tosh. Yeah, back. I think I think you know what I mean. If you're gonna have him as a backup, it, it, I wouldn't mind it so bad. But then, then like we I said, we have Miran. We have know. we have Mirin, yeah, and and we have. Yeah, I mean, we still have Rocco, Rocco. and Miran. Oh, yeah, Rocco will have to go for sure. And there's rumors that Mirin they want to sell Mirin, which I don't think makes sense. I actually, I think from our current roster, I think Mirin is the closest thing we have to a defender that's capable of of building from the back. Uh, I'm not saying he's great at it, but I think he's the closest we have right now. Uh, I don't know how good Alpi is at that, so. Uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. So and then there's you know that Lokmangur rumor from Erzurum, which is a little bit absurd, I think. We're seeing a lot of those rumors that where Thailand, right? Also, yeah, Belgium. right, Thailand and Taliello, which actually that's one I, I wouldn't mind too badly. I don't know how he's developed, but he was a pretty good prospect like four years ago. <laughs> Thailand, I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's not too bad. Uh, he scored a really, really nice goal, I think, uh, uh, on the last match day. Like a really nice individual dribble and a really good finish, too. But, um, you know, but then I think the, the biggest exciting rumor that's been out put out there, which uh, I don't really put a lot of stock into, but Marek Hansik. Uh, you know, that's... <laughs> I think, Firat uh, Gunayer from uh, TRT uh, reported that a couple of days ago <laughs> that he was offered to Besiktas on loan. Um, you know, he's not really been the huge success in, in, in China. I, he's played like 10 games, scored one goal. I guess they expected him to score like, you know, goal 50, a game, yeah. yeah, a goal a game or something there. And you know how the Chinese are very fickle when 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 those big four names uh, that they pay a lot of money well, for they spend don't. enough huh <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think he makes like 10 million a year or something there uh hamsik so but uh, apparently he's been offered to bishop dash on loan i've tried to reach out to uh to some people in, in italy to see if he's been offered to for example napoli if he's been offered back to napoli if he's been offered to any clubs but i haven't heard back yet but um yeah, I, I think Mike Hamsik is obviously, if you can get that player, it's it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic, phenomenal football player, and then it would be great, but I don't know. It's just another 30-plus-year-old guy. And 32, right? Really? We don't, yeah, we don't necessarily... Must we change the system. Because I think, Oosan, I think we're going to see the old Oosan again under Abdullah Avci. I really do. I have a lot of faith in that. Now, I do want to add to that that i think if he has a good season we have to sell him <laughs> yeah. 
because I think with Olsen you're always going to have good season <laughs> bats. Good season, I don't know, what, but I think if he has a good season on Rafchi... You got to cash um, in before it flips again. You gotta, yeah, I think you got to cash in on him, but I, I am very confident because just those 10 minutes he played in that last match, that was the old Olsen. You know, that was... Yeah. Everyone, you how know, was he for the national team? I didn't really pay much attention. Um, well, I couldn't watch his Dexton game, but I don't think he was as good as those. I think came on against Greece. He but played he, against Uzbekistan. It was pretty good. Yeah, I couldn't watch that game because I was, I was doing oh. other stuff. But he was decent against Greece from what, what I remember. But yeah, I think not it's like just... not a true standout like Yusuf was was really good and stuff. But but uh, yeah, a training camp under his belt, and I think having I think for for Olsan, having Leich is also going to do uh, a lot of a lot of wonders. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Little and, then, salsa action. and then the last thing that uh, we should probably point out is there was this poll that Murat Özen created, and obviously everyone who listens to this podcast uh, is probably going to be familiar with Murat Özen, but he's the guy that's apparently just been ousted at Haber 1903. But he's a very repu- I think he's widely considered as the best source when it comes to Besiktas, uh, and he created a very interesting poll, uh, basically asking which one do you prefer. Uh, Feisha, Cabore, or Badelia. So uh, those are three defensive midfielders. Right now, that poll has like 14,000 votes on it. And um, 17% say Feisha. I think that's probably because everyone knows he's going to Fenerbahce. <laughs> 44% say Cabore, and 39% say Badelia. So, you know, I mean, if those three are a possibility, I know Feisha was offered to Besiktas, it was offered to Fenerbahce too. Uh, and apparently Fenerbahce are more willing to spend uh, on him, and I don't, I don't blame them because uh, I, I'm actually quite happy for that because he's a great player, but he's super injury prone. So I rather have them uh, waste their hard earned, very hard earned Fener all campaign money on a player that's gonna miss like you know tw- half the year, have this you know a, a third of the season. Uh, I, you know, I rather have them spend their money on him than we do. I, I rather get someone, uh, you know. Uh, how old is he? Feisha is 30. Uh, Cabo they're is, all only a 30, 30, 31. Yeah, 30, 31. So they're all around the same age. I think that's fine for a defensive midfielder. Um, of, uh, ideally, you'd want to get someone like 28, 29, I think, uh, for that Maybe position. Even 20. Seven, but that might be too ambitious. Yeah, I think for that position, <laughs> I think for that position, you want some experience. You want because I think it's very important for a defensive midfielder that they they know when they need to pull the handbrake. I think a, a younger player is probably not going to have that experience yet. I think you know when they get into their prime, twenty eight, twenty nine, which is I think is a prime the prime years for those players. Uh, I think that's ideal. You know, a, a guy like Cabore for for me, that's like. Like a Nijib, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, we definitely need something <laughs> different. Um, sure. But uh, this is a p- position I think we really need filling in because I think, oh, yeah. we, you know, you and I have said plenty of times this season, season that we had an issue in that center midfield where we were just losing the battle constantly because of that position. And it, it, it improved in the second half of the season once Atiba and Dorokan started playing together. But, like, everyone made this really good point off-air Atiba at this point in his career, at his age, you know, he's he's still a good player, and it's not like he's phys- like 
I don't think you can say that he's oh you know he's clearly not the player he used to be anymore. But he's he, he's slowing down, not not rapidly, but you know it's not like he's a he's he's not Mehmet Topal who is a shim of his former self. Atiba is still at a very respectable level, but I don't think he, he's at a level anymore where he can single-handedly carry our, the defensive duties in this field. Yeah. Uh, I think a guy like Kabore should be able to do that, theoretically. I, and that's the type of mid guy I, I think we need so that we can go with a Leitch and an Oosan or an Oosan type. Maybe Kagawa at center mid next, uh, you know, I think that could work, but then we need that, that monster type defensive midfielder, and I think it's going to be an extremely important transfer alongside the wingers and the, and, and the fullbacks, but I do think if we can get one really good winger uh, and, and, and two decent fullbacks, they don't need to be superb, and then like a monster type midfielder, I think we'll, we, we have a good shot next season. I don't know what, what, what you guys think about it, but I don't think we need that much. Yeah, I think people who try to, you know, plug in central central defenders and all these other things in, I, I, I've long said that clearly the, the priority has to be on the wings, then fullback, and then I, I also argued that we need a central mid or defensive mid, however you err, you know, regarding uh, Dodokan and where he should play. Um, and, you know... Rather than a central defender, yeah, we should get that midfielder because I thought even even defensively we often spoke about how the real deficiency was not necessarily on the back line, but it was in the back of the midfield allowing uh, opposition to get in into scoring positions and, and mm -hmm. have kind of clear shots from distance that would trouble you know any keeper. So that's improved a lot though in the second half of the season. It did, we and it did, and it's because yeah. it's because Atiba. Yeah. Sort of, you know, settled into that role as he always has. But again, like like you're saying, we can't rely on that. I mean, apart from the Hassan Ali, I don't think we have conceded a, a long shot, have we, in the second half of the season? Maybe one or two. That yeah, Hassan Ali, but I don't think we... It's about all I remember. But, yeah, I mean, but uh, we were conceded so like that, quite a few in the first half. It speaks to how much we needed Atiba in good form, and it, it, it speaks to maybe a big need going forward, because uh, we obviously have to replace the man. He's not getting any younger. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's been the parent for a couple of years He's now. He's not even our player technically right now, so. No, he is. He, yeah. No, no. His no, yeah, he extended. extended. Yeah, his yeah. He did extend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had an automatic extension clause. It's already oh, so been extended. That. No, no, it's been extended already. Oh, okay. Let me just quickly look that up uh, to confirm for sure on the TFF website, but I know his contract has uh, extended. Uh... But I mean, I think while you're looking that up, I really, I think we're just about... I and mean, that's all we can say for the transfer window thus far. Obviously, stay tuned for more. We we hope that there's a lot of news coming in uh, relatively <laughs> soon. Uh, the sooner the better. But, uh, you know, as it comes in, we'll be here to report on it. Um, stay tuned, guys. Now, we have an extra special after the beep today, which features, as I mentioned earlier, a number of uh, guests that we've had on the show previously the twins for example uh... obviously kirsten was, uh, was very kind on our on our uh, episode with about adam Leitch, one of our i think one of our best episodes yeah uh we did with sonia uh she did the after the beep and uh gave us her thoughts and i, I really liked her take on uh Leitch's season and uh, she was spot on i think for for someone who was not able to watch all the games 
but uh, she definitely knows Leitch uh, well, and I, I really liked her take, so I, I, I think that's uh, going to be interesting to listen to. Then obviously, you know, all, all the after the beeps for all of you who sent in your after yeah, beeps, thank yeah, exactly. you so much. I, wanted to, I didn't, I didn't want to not shout out others, like Frank, for example. Frank Jimenez, our Mexican listener, gave, gave a, yeah. his two cents. So yeah, we got a lot of great stuff, so definitely yeah, just don't stop listening after the... Uh, the theme song ends, as always. Yeah, and not, not everyone introduced himself, but just a quick shout out to Aurelian Celik, Yasin Parlax, who Emre Can Ires, and then uh, we had Frank, of course, sending in his uh, his note, and Kartal Ur, uh, Dara Hensi, uh, and then, of course, you know, Kirsten Schlewitz. Uh, I don't know when that's going to be pasted in, but thank you for all of you for sending in your, your, your thoughts on the season, and uh, uh, let's hope that we're going to have a couple of really good interviews these coming um, two months. Yeah, uh, because because uh, inter- interviews will mean very exciting transfers. That's right. <laughs> yeah, as always. I- I'm crossing I'm crossing my fingers uh, for another uh, Sonia appearance. <laughs> another Serbian. So you're you're in the Lazovic camp, is what we have to assume. I think that's an interesting player for us. I, I really like. I I think that's going to fit uh, the, the Abdullah Avci style to have a really quick winger uh who who's got you know a good build um i'm always fond of these blocks (laughs) i'm always fond of having these blocks of players where you know we have a couple guys from one country so that they have each other to lean on and to help each other settle in and stuff the serbs always do well in turkey yeah in packs i thought you were gonna say serbs always do well in packs it's like whoa (laughs) whoa that's (laughs) but no for sure uh it would be it'd be nice to have a bit of a Serb connection, as we've had kind of Croatian connections in the past. And, yeah. Uh, Still do. Of that sort. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so, yeah, that would be that would be excellent. Bring back Jorge Mendes. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Uh-oh. And who, who, who would you want him to bring in then? I want, uh, I want Julio Alves and Bebe back. Uh, <laughs> or maybe we, oh we can get uh, the, the former Manchester United legend Anderson. Yeah. Didn't he go? Where no, did he go? Adana Demir sport, yeah, yeah, Adana Demir, right? Chilling on the bench all season. Yeah. Oh, man. Incredible. It's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Evron, why don't you say something about uh, how you feel about what's coming this summer before we go out? Um. Well, I hope that we have a, a good transfer window and not a lazy one because so far it feels pretty lazy. All the names being linked, just kind of generic, run-of-the-mill kind of stuff. I mean, obviously, I don't expect any big names, but, you know, something that, you know, it, it looks like they thought about for a little bit. You know, Lazovic actually sounds like maybe yeah. they're thinking a yeah. little bit, but just hearing, you know, like, I like that name. good or yeah. those type of names, if, if I know them, you know, really well. Like last year, like our best signings, other than the big ones, like was Dorukan from a second division team, Eskisha, mm-hmm. Given Yalchin from a, a youth team, of which is playing, I believe, fourth yeah. division in Germany. Like stuff like that. I mean, it's not like. No, Given wow, from never Leverkusen. Heard of yeah, Given from Leverkusen. But, uh, yeah, Leverkusen is B team. Yeah, yeah, okay. He never made it to the yeah. A team. So it's like, um, you know, just something like it looks like they, they try a little bit, you know, and uh, get players that are undervalued. Not to be all money yeah. ball. I, 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 I think Abdullah Avci is going to have transfers. I think no, you're you're right uh, to yeah. play money ball a little bit, Evron. That's kind of where we are as a club, if we're going to be honest. We have to be clever with our money, yeah, not necessarily sure. splashing. Yeah. I think we want away with that 
That's why we don't want to spend two. two or three million on Umut Mirash. And giving the Great War four million salary and all those yeah, types of things. Yeah, we gotta cut back on that. Six million for lens, stuff like that shouldn't really be happening anymore. But there's. There's talk of a, of a of a wage cap this season, by the way, where we're not gonna be spending above two and a half million on a on a contract anymore, unless there's like an extreme exception. But like, there's right, there's just right. talk. Of, I, that's Firat Gunnar said that as well. I think that uh, the the that was like a very conscientious wage cap being implemented uh, from now on. I think that's a good thing. I don't think we'll be seeing a four million a year player anytime soon anymore. Q Mark Hansen. It's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Boom. And then and then we signed him and Kagawa and pay them. Yeah. Um, well, so Khan, take us out, man. Yeah. Don't know if there's anything else to add. Uh, oh, check out uh, our upcoming episode on Football Africa. We will be having on Gabriele Marcotti. We'll be speaking about financial fair play, about his thoughts on the Turkish league. And if you have any questions for him, please send them at Futi Turka, or you can at me at Rosarian or whatever. Uh, you just ask your questions. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I think, for, I mean, Sinan and, and everyone are very familiar with Gabriele Marcotti, of course, because of his ESPN work. Um, but, uh, you know, Great. Uh, I think it's going to be great. Um, really looking forward to that. We're also going to have Samantha Johnson on in one of the coming weeks. So definitely uh, keep uh, keep an eye on, on, on Football Turkey. But I am crossing my fingers for some very interesting guests on the Black Eagles podcast in the coming months. Because like I said, that would probably mean uh, some exciting transfers. So, you know, maybe we can get somebody uh, from Napoli on. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah. Let's well, bring Brahimi. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> 5 million euro signing on Fino, thank you. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add, but other, if you don't, you know what to do. I know, I have one thing to add. Go, Go Bessington! Bessington. <laughs> uh, yeah, as always. Um, yeah. Yeah. When, mm, oh yeah, but we'll, I think our, our training camp will probably start around the 1st of July. So we have... Yeah, we have Yeah, indeed, we don't have any Europa League games, so I think we'll start around the 1st of July. When Sierra's like the boy, like half ass with like Japan. everyone this is kirsten and i like to call myself the president of the adam yayich fan club and i just want to say that i'm quite excited that he's signed on a permanent basis with bestikas someday i will probably learn to pronounce your club's name i'm sorry right now that i probably can't anyway I haven't watched as many games this season as I'd liked, but I've caught a few at the end of the season. And I've noticed how Yaich has really started to fit within the team. I've always thought of him as a player who needs some time to settle into a club 
for him to find the right place to adjust to its culture, that sort of thing. And his last couple clubs in Italy just never really gave him that opportunity. So I'm really thrilled that Bashikas took the time to actually integrate him into the squad, had some patience with him, knew that he would start producing if they just waited a little bit. And it sure looks like he has. At the same time, I think he's really excited to be in Turkey. I think that overall it's a good fit for him. He just seems to have settled in well there, um, has adapted to both the country and the club. And that also will make a difference in his playing. And I think next season we're going to see even better from him. So those are my very brief thoughts on being excited over the EIH permanent signing. If you want to follow me and see all of my Adam love on Twitter, you can go ahead at KD Schlewitz on the Twitter and I will be listening and rooting for Bastikas. Thanks. Well, it was a long season, to be honest. Uh, I never had the feeling that we could win something this season. Uh, even after our good run on the second part of the season, it was already too late, in my opinion. Um, I think this was the too much year for Shandor Gunesh. He should have left the club this summer after the bad season that we had in the league. I mean, finishing fourth with the team we had. And obviously this one uh, was a failure as well. Um, I think the, the league was very open. Uh, Bashak Shehir and Galatasaray weren't that good, to be honest. We could have won something this season if we had an, another coach with another IDs. It was... Yeah, I don't know. The first half was absolutely terrible. Uh, if you had the Europa League, it was huge deception, huge disappointment. Sorry, um, going out from the group stage against such a, a weak group was really, really disappointing. Shinar Gunesh should have left the club this winter as well. He didn't, so it's like totally useless season we had um, this year um, I really hope next one with Avci we're going to have uh, Oziakup coming back um, uh, like the Oziakup we know I really hope Avci can bring a, a lot of new ideas in this team, new players fresh blue, fresh blood um, and I think depending on who we get this summer we could maybe play for the title. I don't know, but I think Avci is a good coach and was the best decision we could we could made. He knows the championship, he knows Turkey, so I have a lot of hope for next season. Hi lads, Tara here with a few thoughts on last season and the season to come. Last season started out disastrously ended pretty disappointingly, but I think there's definitely some positives to be taken, especially from the winning streak in the second half of the season coming up to the Galatasaray match. Last summer's transfer window was a mess. A couple of good players signed, but the striker situation really screwed it up. 
having Kyle Lahren, who's barely a footballer, and Wagner Love, who's over the hill, to scrap it out for the number one striker spot for the first half of the season was far from ideal. Lajic, great signing, but Shenal needed to integrate him quicker and carry us the same. Dropping him after a few games for Tolga didn't help anything. Karius needs confidence, clearly, and this coach could have given him that. Borak, January signing was a brilliant signing, but could have happened four months earlier, and how different would things be now? Kagawa was another good signing, great player, but Shenal once again didn't integrate him. Hopefully with Avchi, things won't go that way. Hopefully the board will get the type of player that he wants, the ones that will fit his system, and he can implement his system, which is one thing Shenal doesn't really do. They had a good had a good run going, as I said, before the Galatasaray game, and then Shenal just ripped it all up and played. Who knows what he was playing, really, to be honest. That's the game that could have decided the league in our favour, but obviously it, it decided in Galatasaray's favour, with a little help from the ref, too. From what I've seen of Avci, not many games. Bishakhtar against Besiktas a couple of times, and they did really well, unfortunately. And the game... In Seville, a couple of years ago, when they were on top, they could have won in the last minute. And we're unlucky to go out. It gives me a lot of hope for Besiktas' future under AFG in Europe and domestically. Obviously, their collapse at the end of the last couple of seasons was pretty hilarious. But at the same time, it could be a bit concerning. But I think with the atmosphere in Vodafone Park, it'll... It'll help Besiktas if they are in the same situation. And Besiktas' fast start to the last couple of seasons is a good sign considering the slow starts that we've had ourselves. On a personal note, it was great to get my first game in at Vodafone Park. Pity was against Genk, who played really well on the night. From what I've heard, it was their best game all season and pretty much hammered us. Hopefully I'll get to another game this season or maybe two if if there's somewhere interesting to go in the Europa League, it'll be great with fans allowed back in the away games. Might get to one of those. That's pretty much it, I think. Cheers for the podcast, lads. And if any of you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Dara Hensey. That's at D-A-R-A-H-E-N-S-E-Y. Thanks a million. Overall, I thought the season was uh, quite mixed. Uh, the first half of the season was very, very poor. I thought um, nothing really clicked about the team. Um, it, it seemed like we were going nowhere in the Europa League. I, I had some hopes that we would progress further into the competition because of the easy group we had. I thought it was easy, but you know, we sort of... Um, we came up, up short, and I was really frustrated at that. Um, especially that Malmo game where we uh, should have just, where we only needed a nil-nil, and we threw it away. Shenol um, Gunesh, uh, I'm happy that he left now. Uh, he's he's had two mediocre seasons. Uh, after uh, winning two consecutive league titles, and I'm sad that you know it ended that way that he couldn't have gone out on a high note. But sometimes it's not meant to be. Um, season in the league, the second half was I thought very good. We we competed very well. 
uh, Adam Yaich, for example, really came to his own, and I'm happy that he's now under a permanent contract. Um, but all I thought we were really lacking defensively, and what really need what we really need now is a more um, what we really need now is a new tactical identity, and I hope that's something that uh, Abdullah Afchi can uh, provide. Um, I hope that um, considering we don't have to go for qualifiers, we can uh, go further into the Europa League because that's something that gives the team a moral boost. I personally hope that um, uh, we get a new we get a, a goalkeeper in in case we can't get Karius on a permanent. And yeah, I just hope that uh, we will. Uh, I don't think we will win the title next season. I'm not quite sure. I just have a feeling about that. Um, I hope that we at least compete and get Champions League football next season. Um, what I wanted to add was that uh, I hope that we play more uh, players from our academy. I f um, even if we suffer in the league a bit, I think that uh, Abdullah Afci needs uh, two, three seasons before um, we can really judge him. Because from what I've heard, he likes to... Um, he likes to implement his own philosophy and that usually takes time um so if he wants to push through some younger talent uh, i would really appreciate that yeah uh, well uh, the start of the season wasn't very pleasant as you all remember uh, after the first few weeks team uh, was lacking chemistry and uh, we all seen it it was quite visible while watching the games uh, after the frustrating uh, start to the season europa league wasn't any different uh, i remember genk and malmo outplaying us uh, we lost two to four i guess uh, if i remember correctly we lost two to four against genk at home and i don't remember uh, being able to not being able to do anything at home and uh, playing that bet against a team at home, uh, losing, uh, conceding four games for uh, goals, it was uh, not a good, <laughs> not a good game to be honest. Uh, it was all clear, and Channel hasn't been able to uh, change the team's lack of nice, lack of playing nice football, or enhance the capability of uh, to perform better. Uh, the first half. The first half of the season was all like this. Uh, for the second half of the season, uh, it gave us some, gave us all some hope. And uh, I, I don't think you, any of you actually thought that we were going to be a contender for the title uh, for the last three, four weeks uh, of the season, and. Uh, but uh, yeah, we lost the game. We lost the title against Galatasaray. You probably remember that. It did not last very long. Uh, I I did not see any spark to win it against Galatasaray that at that game. Uh, we lost the championship title yes at that game. Uh, but uh, I wasn't also very happy. Channel uh, coaching two different teams, uh, both Beşiktaş and Turkey. Uh, we could have, we had time uh, to hire a new manager. Manager, we could have hired a new coach and uh, give him a proper time 
to adapt the team and uh, maybe uh, connect with the players. But uh, we moved on his channel and I lost my sympathy after that, to be honest, uh, left for him. Uh, but uh, still, uh, he gave us two championships, titles, championship titles. And uh, I wish him good luck on his new journey and his new career. Uh, I, I I actually think that he will be successful at Turkey because uh, we all know his uh, connection with the young players, youngers, youngsters, and uh, he'll be probably successful at Turkey and maybe uh, get it to the it's good good times when he were the coach back in 2002 not that good times probably but still uh, it will uh, probably increase the team's uh, ability uh, next season for for the next season uh, we will of course we are going to be able to title contenders alongside with Galatasaray and probably Fenerbahce is going to be a contender again not again but uh, they will be contender because it was a uh, it wasn't actually expected this season and to being able to not being able to do anything and uh, continue the season with being uh, 13th of the table but uh, this season they will probably be better and be a contender maybe not not Maybe not. They are not going to win it, but uh, they'll still be the contender. Başakşehir won't be able to uh, be a title contender because they lost to Abdullahcı, their main uh, brain, and they will probably lose some important players. Uh, I think yes, we will uh, be a contender and we will play like we want to win it until the last few uh, weeks and it will be decisive at the last of course few weeks again like the last a few years uh, so i'm actually hopeful about the next season and the transfers we will see the transfers uh, if they can adapt the team easily of course with abdullah because i i just i just um i just read a paper that saying that and Madeleine Quaresma wasn't wanted at his team and uh, Quaresma was, is not, of course, he, he doesn't want to leave. And, uh, but hopefully he will adapt quicker than, the, uh, than expected and we will be very successful next season. Karen Siran, it's your boy Cartho. I'm just here to give you my thoughts in this season as a whole. Uh, to start off with, let's start with the first half of the season. I call uh, the black part of the season. Uh, it was really terrible, man. We got 26 points from the first 17 league games. We didn't really have a striker. Uh, got rid of Negredo at the start of the season, who really, from the year before we saw, wasn't good enough for us anyway. Wagner Love is terrible. Uh, Kyle Lan was dog shit. Guven Yalcin, we saw the last few games, he gave us a bit of hope. Uh, maybe he's not like good enough to be our striker just now, but he showed like, a, a lot of potential there. I mean, 26 points out of 17 games, that was, it was a really terrible first half of the season. To go alongside with that, uh, one of the worst performances in 
in Europe I've seen from Beskidash ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a group with the likes of Genk, and Malmö, uh, and uh, Salzburgs. We get seven points from it, and then the third, which is a disgrace. I mean, we're a much higher caliber team than all those three teams. Um, like we lost again four two at home, which I thought was really unacceptable. Then after that, kind of a terrible first half. Things started to change for the better. We got rid of Pepe and Barlow that I thought were kind of causing problem and problems in the team. Uh, we brought in Burak Ilmaz, who I personally th- thought should have been brought in way back in. Uh, Summer of 2017, instead of Negredo. I think we could, could have really been in a completely different position if that had happened. Uh, so anyway, the second half of the season starts, uh, we get rid of the likes of Pepe and Babel. Uh, we bring in Burak Ilmaz. Uh, finally, we've got a decent striker. Shinji Kagawa comes in as well, who played a decent role as well. And then Mirren as well, who's all right. But Burak Ilmaz, what a phenomenal performance we saw from him in that second half of the season. He scored 11 goals in, uh, I want to say, 15 games for us, which was really phenomenal. And he scored 11 of them in 12 games, because he didn't actually score in his last three games after the after the Galatasaray game. But, I mean, we are way behind Burak Ilmaz's goals. The team kind of started to perform better. Lee Aichu was signed on the last day of the... Summer transfer window came really came in his own second half, showing really what kind of, what a quality player he is. But Burak Ilmaz and the edge kind of put us on our back, so to speak, and actually surged that elite like kind of title challenge. The gap, which was once 13, 13 points, we were able to bring down to three, one point going into the Galatasaray game. Then after that, obviously, we get absolutely screwed to, in the Galatasaray game by the referee, we had Bunentil Durham. And then after that, I hope so. Kind of dead well and truly dead. But despite that, I think overall, you can look at the second half of the season as a success. Because I mean, at one point being 13 points down, and at the end, we, we only ended up four points behind. I think that can be regarded as a success. Um, and also, in this season, we've had that overall, you could say it was a bad season, but it's, it's left us all left us with a lot of excitement going forward because obviously Shell Gunish has went to the national team and a lot of us kind of thought he was getting a bit tight past it. It was time to go, it was time to part ways. We've brought, brought in Abdul Avji, who I'm really excited about. Uh, the fact that we've actually signed the IH permanently now really leaves me really excited. We just need to fill out the kind of the empty spots. We need to get some wires, some fullbacks, a, a centre mid and a, a defender. And I think next season we should win the league. And... Hopefully we'll be talking about uh, title number 16 this, this time next year. Anyway guys, cheers. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this programme.